Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, Jason. Welcome to the show, brother. Corey, man. Thanks for having me on your podcast, man. I'm fired up about the opportunity to get to talk about people today. One of the things that this is part of a three-part series, and you're kind of on the final leg of it, which is really, I think, the strongest part of it, which is the people component and why people are so important. But before we do that, I think people got to understand where you came from so they can understand what you're doing and how you're making an impact. So I'll let you just open it up and say, tell us who Jason is, brother. I started in student housing. I kind of fell into it in August of 1993. I started out as a resident advisor as a local dormitory, a high rise. It was a converted hotel that students were living in. Really wasn't student housing back then, but I started in the industry and loved it and kept doing it and graduated from college. And I kept getting promoted and they kept giving me more money. So I said, why not? I'm going to keep doing this real estate thing for a living. And I started with Asset Living in June of 2004, and I'm on year 18 with Asset Living. I started out as a property manager. We had four properties. We have 252 properties right now. I transitioned from a general manager to an area manager, to a regional supervisor, to a regional vice president, to a senior vice president, to an executive vice president, and all in operations. And within the last year, I've transferred over to our business development division. And for 28 years, I was an operator and worked with people every day and worked with college students every day and kept me feeling young. And I love it. I love everything I do. And now that I get to work a little bit on the sales side, it's certainly different. But using my operational background with asset living and what I did before asset living, I couldn't be happier with what I do in my career. Yeah, it's really it's interesting to see that journey. This has been the theme of my podcast, guys. You're afraid listening right now. So I want you to understand, like, what I've been bringing to this show is the guys that are doing it and doing it like Jason's been doing this for 18 years, 18 plus probably, right? These are seasoned professionals that are not just going to guess about, like, they know this stuff inside and out. And I think that's the quality of guests that we're bringing. And really, if you understand what that means is... This is where the beauty happens, is in the little things that you're going to discover today as we're talking about people. So I kind of let you open up with that is we want to make this subject about people. And what does that mean to you? Because I, I believe it's one of assets core values. Right? It absolutely is. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Like I said earlier, we started out as a small firm and we grew from a small organically grown company to really a power in the student housing industry, it's because of our people and it's because of our culture. It was the ability of drive and to go above your job responsibility and really work together as a team. And it's executives coming together as a team, as one. And we knew we could always outwork people because we had the best people. And if in real estate, it's all about customer service. And if you have the best people, you're going to beat your competition because you're going to outwork them. You're going to have better drive. You're going to have better customer service. And 
our people and our culture at Asset Living are really the staple of what we're doing and the standard that we're setting each and every day. So how do you start? So if someone's hearing this for the first time, that's great. People and culture. Yeah, that makes sense. But how do you practically, how does culture show up? How do you find and attract the right people, right? So what do you guys do with those 18 years to start developing that kind of system and structure? Corey, it's a great question. And I really look at a couple staples. What's the communication in your company? Are you talking about a culture and a direction that everybody can buy into? Communication, number one, accountability is what you're living by every day, your true core values. What's your long-term vision? Like if I'm the general manager today, but I can see my peers or regionals or RVP, do I have a vision to get to that point? The next point would be integrity. Are the people that I work for good, solid people? Do I want to be like them because they possess an integrity that's top-notch when no one's watching? And then the last thing is resilience. Do I have that grit when times are rough to really step up and perform? Those five points are really asset got from four properties to 250 properties. And without those five key pillars, we wouldn't have got to where we are today. And I wouldn't have got to where I was today. Who came up with those pillars? It's funny because it's pillars that through the years we put as our core values. It wasn't something that we always had, but when you looked at our company DNA, those were the things that we all possessed and that made us successful. Mike and Julie and Ryan, they exhibited those pillars and everybody around it is just infectious. We like to talk about our asset living Kool-Aid. I mean, you're drinking those five pillars, you're drinking the Kool-Aid and you're performing because this could be your career. I woke up in my mid thirties and I said, man, this is my career. And I couldn't work for a better company because I have such great mentors to look after and really embody. I like the way you framed it too, because I was sitting there listening to you as you were telling about it, right? And so I go back to like when I was a restaurant manager, right? So I used to be a restaurant manager. And I remember looking at, because you're always kind of, you start looking up, right? Well, what does that GM position look like? And what is that guy doing? Is he happy? Does he seem fulfilled? Is he full of joy? Does he feel like he's got a good kind of life in the restaurant management business? I looked at this, I said, oh, hell no. He looks like he's stressed out and he, he hates his yeah. life, right? And I'm like, no, I, I don't want to go any further, right? I'm listening to you talk about that track of which you guys set up and you guys are living is attractive, right? I mean, it's got to be attractive. Like it's got to be like it's set up as a way it's not just a job, that would suck. I was a restaurant manager because it was a job, but it wasn't a career. I didn't call it a career. There was no way I wanted to call it a career because I'm like, that guy hates it. Yeah, Corey, there has to be passion in your work. There's always going to be a different company or a different industry that goes, I'll give you five grand more, 10 grand more, 20 grand more. But in the grand scheme of things, if I don't wake up every morning energized, ready to go to work, look myself in the mirror and go, I love what I do. And I'm passionate about what I do. The money doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It matters what kind of fire I have on the inside because I'm ready to go kick butt today because I love what I do. And I love the people that I get to interact and work with every day. And 
I love the opportunity to get to mentor and develop people that are under me. Like if you don't have that as a driver, do you really have a career? Or do you, like you said, do you just have a job that I'm going to every day, but I don't really have any love, drive, or passion for it? At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. Yeah. Well, and I think as you start to grow, you start looking for careers, right? Like I'm sure when you first started right now is the job is getting me through school, but then you start like, Hey, I'm enjoying this process, right? I'm getting coached and mentored. And there's something about having proper coaching and mentorship. I think that's critical piece that I would like to kind of shift to a little bit that I think asset provides. And in the beginning, you guys had to kind of bootstrap it, right? But you guys had all the core values, even though you may have not named them, that they were hiring traits and you displayed those traits. Resilience. Listen, that's a big one. It's easy to do it when it's good. Everybody can do it when it's good. What happens when it's not so good? Are you willing to burn some midnight oil to get everything right and to make it right, to get it done, to do all the little things that have to be done in order to be successful. There's no doubt. I mean, the true definition of a leader in leadership is how do I perform when I'm at the lowest point I can, when everything's against me, when the obstacles are against me, how am I performing? How am I leading by example? And then how are my actions with my team? Like if I'm just freaked out and I'm stressed out, and that's how I'm leading, my people are going to act the same way. But if I'm a calm, cool cat during those times, then my people are going to act that way because they're like, oh, Jason's unfazed. Even though this is not good, I'm going into it. I'm a big Jocko Willemick fan, and he's got this one podcast that, that it's just, it's good. Like he says, good. Anytime something happens, cut funding good. They cut our staff good. That's the way I look at things when times are tough. It's good. It's a chance for me to step up. It's a chance for my team to step up. It's a chance to overcome obstacles. And if you don't view the tough parts of life that way, they're going to overcome you. They're going to stress you out. They're going to make you unhappy. During those times, it's key that your positive attitude overcomes everything. So, when I look at your guys' portfolio, obviously just took an asset on for our whole portfolio. And one of the things that I thought that I saw in the people, right? So I just, even from the top level, right? So one of the things that uh, you guys invited me to come to your location, and I think I had every head honcho that was available there, making me feel like a big deal. Now, this is at the corporate level, but I really like to go back to the apartment side because I think that's... Like, we're all in this game for, you know, we don't think of property management. We like, everybody says, oh, every property management sucks. I think I've said that <laughs> a couple times, right? <laughs> but that's not true. There are big separators. And really, it's the people piece, right? How do we translate kind of the bigger picture that we just talked about of all those pillars and things like that? What does it mean at the property level? What does it mean for that community ambassador? Or what does that mean to that person? Hey, Corey, it's a, it's a great question, and it's... How does it change the property? Like, how does that affect the property? Yeah, how do you set up a mindset with your team on the ground, your on-site team, to start thinking like they own the property 
and not like they work at the property. So if I'm your on-site manager, I want to think like I own the property. Like, so I'm not going to spend money on X, Y, and Z when it's unnecessary because this is my money in my pocket. So if you can change the dynamic that, hey, I own this property, I'm going to operate it like it's my money in my bank account. And if you start- I'm running a multi-million dollar property right now. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the people on ground don't really understand is they're running multi-million dollar complexes and I'm trusting them and you're trusting them and Stacy's trusting them to do the job. And if they can strictly change their mindset that this is my money and I'm going to operate it like it's my money, the whole dynamic of the team changes because then you start questioning, do we really need to spend this? Or yeah. is it just an excuse? A lot of times our on-site personnel are faced with the problem. And I know somebody's ready for the next step. When they don't tell me about the problem, they tell me about the solution. And if you can be solution-oriented and not problem-oriented, that's when your career goes to another level. And that's when you're thinking like an owner you're thinking like an owner. You're not thinking like this is just a job. Yeah. Well, that is because it's really about solving problems, solving for X. That's all I do as a business owner today is I solve for X, right? And so ownership, how do you empower your staff to take ownership? How do you give that to them? It's a great question. Again, it's a vision about how to get from point A to point B. Part of it's going to be bonus driven, right? Like if your NOI can increase, you're going to get a financial reward for it. But the biggest thing is how do you start thinking like an ownership group that you're running one property now, but then you can run two, three, four. And that's how you go up the corporate ladder is to start thinking that way. So if you can give them a career vision, hey, if you dominate this property, you're going to get another one. And if you dominate those two, you're going to get another one. You know, the best thing that I love about this company that I work for, I've never asked for a raise and I've never asked for a promotion, but a raise and a promotion has put, been put in front of me because of the results I have done. And that happens with every employee that works for us. If they can produce results, advancement's going to come because you and I both know, I mean, success is tough. It's not easy. It's not a nine to five job. You better wake up before everybody and you better outwork them if you're going to outwork your company. The early bird gets the worm every time, right? So here's what I've learned too, right? So we talk about staff and helping people, right? So paying people good is inherently a lot of times better than paying them the skinny side of things, right? So if you have a pool of candidates and you're going to pay well, you can acquire and retain some of the top talent. I believe that wholeheartedly. Now, I've had management companies in the past that didn't really practice this as well. Maybe that's why they're not with us. I don't know, right? Of course, now, it feels like, though, you're like, no, you're like, oh, gosh, so I'm going to increase my payroll? And you're like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. It's an X factor that comes back way more, more, way more powerful than being, that's the difference between being 85% full and being 97% full, right? And that delta is way more than you'll ever pay someone on a pay scale for that extra five, $7,000 more a year. Can you speak to that a little bit? 
you definitely have to compensate your on-site teams accordingly because it pays the bills, it pays the mortgage, it pays the car payments. You need to pay people to bust their tail. But the one thing that I will caution is if somebody is only driven by money, they're always going to look for the next paycheck and go to the next opportunity. And they're never going to truly get with the company that has a culture that they can be there for 15 years. Your on-site people should be paid. There's no doubt about it. But it can't be the only thing that matters to them. Like it needs like making their residents happy and customer service. It has to be paramount. Like dominating their job and their industry has to be their vision. And if money's their vision, they're not going to be with you very long because company X, Y, and Z is going to come pay you $10,000 more and you're going to lose them anyways. And we all know, so, and this, no matter, this is really, that's a true statement, no matter what industry you're in, right? So when people say, what are you doing this for? Oh, I do it for the money. Dude, I'm like, I want to like, no, you're definitely not it, right? That's the last thing you want to hear. The money comes to those who do the work, right? Money will show up and it always has been that way. But it's for those people that when you put the right things first, they, they, they'll plow through that goal and it just now becomes what happens. The money is the result, I think. Corey, to go back to your original point, you pay your people what they're worth. And knowing you like I do now, if somebody busts their tail for you, you're going to compensate them accordingly because they have done a great job with your investment. Now, on the other side, you could have a high price employee that is just not getting the job done. And you're going to be the first to tell me, Jason, I'm not too sure about this person. We need to get rid of them. So what they're getting paid doesn't always equate to a good job, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, without a doubt, right? And so I've heard you now say culture like four or five times in this mix. And so how is that and why is that so important for a management company to have great culture? Culture is infectious. I had a light bulb moment two weeks ago with my 17-year-old daughter who's getting ready to graduate and start her career and we were having dinner the other night as a family and she looked at me and she goes, you really love what you do, don't you? And I said, yeah, I absolutely love it. And I love what I do every day. And she goes, well, I really want to do real estate too, because I want to love what I do. And you know, when I can instill that in my girls, I know I'm doing what's right. But that goes, when we go to the company perspective, each and every person I interact with every day I want them to know I love what I do and I love our company and I love our culture. And you got to meet a bunch of the people that love the asset culture. And the next time this COVID goes away and we can all get together, I'm inviting you to our managers conference and you're going to see 500 people in a room that love our culture. But it's because of the people that started the company. It's because of their integrity, because of their vision. When you can work for a group that you know, hey, I'm going to retire with this company because I love what I do every day. I mean, not many people can say that. You know, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't happen nowadays that you can wake up and say, I love going to work today. Yeah, no, it's very far in between, right? I, so I believe too that if you've got great culture, people will work harder and longer because of that than money. Money's the farthest thing because people want to, 
work at a place where they make a difference. I think they want people want to matter more than ever, especially today, right? We got enough bad or crazy drama that happens in and out of everything that having something that they can believe in and feel like they're part of bigger, broader picture means more than today than anything, I think in any given time that I've seen now, because I think it's more important than ever is people want that. Corey, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. When a person can be a part of something big, bigger than themselves, it's so rewarding and so gratifying to be able to be a part of an organization that truly values its people. Yeah. So let's talk about Acid a little bit. I really want to talk about some of their accolades and and some of your awards. And just so I can set up the tone of why Jason is talking with me, can we just kind of brag on Acid for just a minute so we can... Just understand all the things you guys have done. Sure. I think the biggest thing is how did we go from a company that knew nothing about student housing, that had one student housing property, and then went to two and three and four, and then next thing you know, we're at 30 and 100 and 150, and now at 135,000 beds, 42 states, 153 markets, Our occupancy this year was the highest in our company history. A year after COVID, people getting promoted and going up the ladder, like the success stories that we have of people that, like myself, that started out on site and now are on our website and on our corporate team, setting the standard and the opportunity for me to give opportunities like my daughter or somebody else's daughter or son opportunity to have a career down the road. We've been in the industry for 35 years and God willing, we'll be in the industry 35 more. It's fun to be able to work for an organization that doesn't provide jobs for people, but it provides long-term careers for people that take care of their families. That's the stuff that's most rewarding to people like myself or Stacy or Julia or Ryan is the ability to really work for a family each and every day. And I feel like that is the special sauce. So in from here's what I saw, like as I came into this whole immersing your guys' world a little bit, from an outside looking in, because I already understand a couple things. The people part is hard. It's the hardest thing in any organization. I don't care what you say. The people part of it is the hardest part because you may have people when you first start, but lose a couple of people and then what they're going to figure out, oh, wait, I got to retrain them. Because see, here's the part that most people don't understand. To keep and retain people, you got to have what's called systems and processes and procedures and a way that we do things, right? And then there's not only just here's the way, but then here's the asset living way. Right, because there might be a here's A to B, but you're like, no, 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 that's not how we do it. We go A, B, and C, and we end on D because that's the recipe that we found works. And people have to embrace that. The people part is so hard because people are destined to let you down. And not only in work, but in your personal life too. I mean, that part about the people is tough. But with our systems, with our training, with our policies, with our procedures, we're going to give every person that works for us an opportunity to succeed and give them a roadmap. And if they want to work their tail off and go down that road, they're going to be hugely successful. Sometimes real estate's not for everyone. That's fine. You just got to find those people that real estate is truly a passion 
and give them the roadmap. And it's the people that go above those job responsibilities are the people that fire me up and motivate me. And, and yeah. people like that, I'm like, I got to burn the midnight oil because I saw that person and they got it. They work hard and, and they're going places in their career. And that's what's off. And it shows up all the time. I think as you start going, you start seeing it more and more often, right? Like, I think that's what you're talking about. It's like watching all the people that are right now are promoting, doing stuff that is now a direct reflection. If you guys have been doing it for such a long time, I can't remember what study this was. It was something like when you get enough of your culture that they all buy in, it self-regulates itself, right? No doubt. Because it really happens that way because once you come in and then everybody starts to do what they do, you weed out all the people that are not down with it. They may have lied to themselves and said I was, but internally they weren't the right fit. They all weed themselves out because they see that they're not a fit for the culture. It's so true. And one of the things that I love most about this industry and, you know, there's a saying, always keep learning, right? Always try to make yourself better. I love going on site and meeting team members and seeing their talents and them having me learning from a 19 or 20 year old how to do something in my point of my career. That's so motivating to learn from them. And there, we have so many talented people on site that I've gained knowledge from. That's about the whole culture. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. And giving them the opportunity yeah. to even bring that yes. knowledge, right? So that's the difference, right? Is when you give a free space, because I see it so many times, so many people coming from the bully pulpit saying, this is how we do it. And not giving anybody the creative control to own something and say, hey, but did you think about this? Yeah. If they can't plus it. Corey, you know what the key is? Your on-site people if you don't truly listen to them, like actively listen to their ideas and try to incorporate their ideas into your daily interactions, you're selling them short and you're selling yourself yeah. short because people are smart. Like I want to be in the room. I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. I want everybody else around me to be the smartest guy in the room because I want to learn from them how to get better at my craft. And if you surround yourself and you hire that way, that's how you build great teams and great culture. That's absolutely hitting the, the nail on the head, right? Because I do believe that the people part of the business is the hardest part, but it's also the most rewarding once you do it. And I think that's what I'm seeing just from what you guys have built and how, what you've been a part of is the rewarding aspect of saying, man, we built something kind of cool. And kind of step back and you look at it, it's like, wow, dude, it happens usually faster than you think, even though it's been a minute, right? Yeah. But you look back and you look at that journey of where you started from, that's a hell of a freaking chasm that you yeah. crossed. There's with. nothing more rewarding than when you hire somebody, you watch them grow, you mentor, you train them, they get promoted, they get promoted, they get promoted, and you can just kind of sit back and go, man, I am so proud of that person for all their hard work and dedication. Look where they are today 
and they started with our company six years ago. Like you met Saad the other day, and he started. Oh yeah, Saad. He started yeah. out at the bottom, and now he's worked away, and he's running a whole division by himself. And you know what? He's killing it. He's doing an amazing job. Yeah. So, and by, by the way, if you want to listen to Saad, go. I think two episodes back. You'll find Saad because he's talked about training and development, right? If we talk about the people, they also the part of training and developing those people because there's something about when you give them knowledge and you show them the recipe and they take it, knowledge is power. Knowledge breeds confidence. Confidence, I think, from your perspective, what does that mean to you guys? There's no doubt. The training part is part of our DNA. And if you're not giving your team knowledge to be better, they're just going to stay the same or they're going to regress. And like you said, knowledge truly is power. And we give our people like, if I have an employee that's really good at social media and I can have that employee teach the whole company how to do that aspect of social media, how does that, I just empowered that person to train something that they're an expert at to the whole company. And there's nothing more rewarding than being able to teach somebody a trait that you're really good at. I always take it, I'm going to teach people stuff that I'm really good at, but I really want to learn stuff that I'm not really good at from people that are experts. And yeah. training and mentoring, if you don't have that in your company, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. There's a picture, I've said it many times on this podcast, that I remember seeing a way back when it was a picture of Jesus on the water. And he had one hand reaching down. And so there's a guy that had his hand reaching for that, right? But that guy had his hand down and he grabbed somebody a little bit farther down the, the ladder than he was. And that went on and went on yep. and went on and went on and went on. And I think that is, what's the message to that? You should always be a student. You should always be learning. You should always be looking for knowledge, right? Finding someone above you, finding a way to go. And then don't forget those below you. Bring a hand down and be willing to teach and learn. I think that makes you better at your craft. I agree with you 100%. If, if there's a part of my day that I can teach somebody how to do something, I'm going to do it because I know throughout my career, people have taught me how to do things. I want to do the same for people like that. That's how people go from up the stair and up the corporate ladder is just from learning. If, if I know that person has a desire to learn, I'm going to help them. That's just, I love to see that trait in somebody that they want to work hard and they want to keep learning and they want to ask questions because they want to keep learning. That's the type of person I want on my team. I want that person on my team to say, I saw you do that. Can you show me how to do that? Absolutely. I can show you how to do that. Because somebody showed me how to do that back in my career. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's exactly leader, leader. So as we wrap this thing up, what books are you reading right now? What does Jason read? What does Jason put his mind and energy into? Yeah, I, I, anything that you, any books that you recommend or anything like I that? love John Maxwell is my favorite author. Any book that he has, I'm totally down with it. I've switched to a lot of audio books. Like when I work out in the morning, I stop listening to music and I listen to audio books now. And John Maxwell is always on there. Eric Thomas, I love him. Jocko Willink, I love. Inky Johnson, I love. I just go Zig Ziglar, I love. Those are always on my AirPods listening when I work out. And then at night after I get the girls to sleep, I'll start listening again. And I always want to try to build knowledge through listening 
how others succeeded in life. That's motivating to me to learn because if I'm not doing that, somebody else is outworking me. I love to get up early in the morning. I don't sleep much at night, which is fine. The older I get, the easier it is. And listening to people like the guys I mentioned before, those are really the fire inside of me to get up the next day and try to beat my competition and punch them in the face and go from there. Amen. All right. So this is a kind of a neat question maybe, but so if you're going to give any new investors and I'll say, I think the right question here is what advice would you give them on how to choose or pick a management company? What advice would you tell them? Yeah. I I think are those good people? Do they truly have integrity? And do you really vibe with those people? Are their core values aligned with your core values? There's clients out there that don't like asset, which is fine. They'd rather go with another company. But I think for any investor that's out there, do we view your real estate the same? And are our core values the same that we're going to go from takeover to maybe the time you sell and you know that we're aligned in the same? If your core values aren't aligned together, it's going to be a struggle. It just really is. And if you don't value those people's integrity and their hard work and their vision, you probably should go a different route. If you can have real talk, you were in the room and we had real talk, right? We talked about what you needed and what your pain points were and what your issues were. And then we talked about, hey, here's what we can do. Here's what it's going to be tough and it's going to take some while. But our vision together on your portfolio on what we're going to do is aligned. And if you can align those visions, there's going to be a lot of success going forward. A lot of good stuff happening. I agree, right? So that's a great. Make sure your visions, your integrity, all that piece has to match, or ultimately you're just going to be hitting and fighting each other all the time. And that wins for nobody. You know, Corey, there's so many different investment types, right? Like somebody wants to buy a property and they want to sell in a year, right? Well, that plan of action is going to be different than a long-term hold, right? Like we're gonna, our plan of action and our attack is just gonna be different. So if we understand that going in, I can operate with, or we're gonna sell it in one year, or I can operate and we're gonna hold it 10 years, right? Like those are two different investment types. And if we know that beforehand, and we know what the vision is and long-term goal or short-term goal, then we'll devise a plan around it. It's really about sharing the visions too. I think that's what I noticed in my opinion and really why we picked asset as well is that there was enough commonality to say, okay, here's what I think I need. And I think that's one of my good skill sets clearly to communicate. Here's where I think I'm at. Here's what I think I need. Here's what I think I want. And then shutting up and saying, I'll let you guys say, well, I think here's the recipe or here's some things we'd probably change and being smart enough to like listen to good counsel. The big thing when we first met is you are, you're an awesome communicator. And you told us what was going on, every aspect. And then our job is how do we hold the onsite teams accountable to do their job, right? Like how do we execute? And it wasn't going on before. And that was one of our goals that we came out of the meeting and said, accountability is going to be one of our staples and we're going to execute the basics and we're going to do them efficiently each and every day. And Between those two, communication and accountability, we're going to take this relationship a long way based on those two things. Yeah, 
Great. Well, listen, so as we wrap up, if people are out there trying to find asset and want to be looking to what's under the hood, where do they go? How do they find you guys? Yeah, the easiest way is just go to our website, assetliving.com. We actually just designed a brand new website and there's all kind of case studies on there and testimonials and everything like that. Obviously, Asset Living is very active on LinkedIn and on Instagram and Facebook and obviously on my LinkedIn page too more than welcome to visit that page. We've got a lot of amazing stuff going on in our company and a lot of amazing people that work for us. Rock and roll. Well, Jason, I want to thank you for coming on this show and really opening up the people part, right? It's one of the most hardest, but I think it's the most rewarding. I think you said it it really is a lot of joy watching your people as, as they grow. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast right now, this is what we do. We bring nothing but talent to the party. We have good conversations on how to grow your real estate state portfolio and how we grow wealth and really guys it starts with the two things in between your ears the thing between your ears which is that brain that mental power you talked about listening to your zig ziglar and those guys talk about creating visions and finding that strength guys it's really important what you believe because if you believe it you can achieve it and your paradise is absolutely possible <laughs>